The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. the blog or not watch the blog if you saw the blog from um the first week of the month last week then um you probably noticed an interesting title for our finale even blog posting for for season three of the blog if we're going to call it that um i called it the real platinum plan and ironically um that (laughs) that that post came out the day before our crazy ride of a presidential election that I still feel like is not over. I mean, I know we've had a winner declared, but I also know 
the trick of the enemy. And so I feel like, um, you know, we needed to talk about it. And so if you're not familiar with the concepts of the platinum plan, um, you've probably seen maybe people, whether you're on social media or even in news outlets, um, there have been certain celebrities that have been targeted by um, the Trump administration to discuss among the black community in particular ways to decrease poverty, uh, supposed reparations, things like that. And so um, they specifically pick some celebrities to come out and kind of like endorse it. So Ice Cube, Lil Wayne, and I feel like I'm missing somebody, but there's someone else. And so basically had these people as the faces of this Trump plan um, to, in order to sway black voters. And so... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so when you think about it, kind of people right now, not to say that they're irrelevant, but just, you know, when prior to this, when have we ever sort of leaned into any of those names that we just gave for like political advice or economic advice for the entirety of the black community. So that's not to say, I'm not saying they're irrelevant as people or their careers or whatever, but um, just very interesting of like who was chosen to be sort of the ambassadors of this plan. It's just very interesting. So, um, so I named it the real platinum plan because at the end of the day, we got to be able to have plans for ourselves and we have to be able to know, um, how to navigate still what has been pretty interesting ride as far as 2020, um, economically, socially, culturally. And so it's just really important to be able to sort of have some ideas of how we can maintain, um, stress-free living, particularly around like our finances and just our way of life during such a crazy time. So the, title of our blog last week, um, as well as the title of this week's episode is The Real Platinum Plan, Recession Proofing Your Career. And the reason um, is because, like I said, 2020 came in taking no prisoners. And um, it doesn't matter what industry that you kind of work in, whether it's the stock market, we work in higher ed. Um, and we've been talking, we just were talking about like just some of the cuts we're seeing in areas, you know, specifically around higher ed. And so, um, some of the cuts that have come down the pipeline have been like unimaginable for certain places because of the status of who people perceive either these institution or these companies to be. And so, um, obviously with COVID, you know, turning everything upside down, it's caused a lot of people to have to reevaluate and redefine like, what's really necessary and like what is actually valuable, not just as far as like material things, but your career path and like your prospect as an employee. Um, and so the real question that I wanted us to talk about was like, how do we protect ourselves? How do we assure ourselves of, you know, our employers seeing our value? Or if you're like, you know, an entrepreneur, like how can you recession proof your business? Because unexpected changes occur all the time. Um, not just things like, a pandemic. And so just being able to make sure that we, you know, we got us ourselves, um, I thought was really important to talk about. And so, um, an article that I referenced in the blog, it was a Forbes article, um, particularly talking about some very specific tips, um, on how to recession proof your career and some just kind of general concepts to consider. Um, and the article was written actually in 2019 before even the craziness of like COVID happened. But I mean, we know 2019 too economically, we had a lot of ups and downs, which is why people were so interested in trying to get to 2020. Um, 
And, you know, that just changed a lot for people. And so we made it to 2020 and then everything kind of still fell apart. So um, I wanted to kind of go over some of those tips that they shared. I, I don't want us to talk about all of them. I want you to go check out the article. So if you have read the blog or if you haven't read the blog, go check out the blog so you can click the link to go check out the article in Forbes. Um, but I wanted to talk about a few in particular because I think they fit really well with some of the concepts we've talked about throughout the entirety of Ebony's and the Ivory's podcast um, in different ways. And I think it's just ironic that these sort of tools and concepts apply across the board. But in particular, we're talking about you know, the economy and finances and career paths, and they just stood out to me. So we talk about a few of those. So um, in the Forbes article, um, the first sort of area or concept that they talked about in thinking about ways to recession-proof your career is being able to make sure that you see your career through a new lens. And so what's really important is that as you are working in your roles, whatever that is now, even if you're a grad student now learning about, you know, what your future career path would be, make sure you're learning like the ins and outs of like your company, your business, your industry, like know how it ticks, know what makes it work. Because the key is that you want to make yourself indispensable um, by making sure you're always aligned with like the vision and the mission and the needs of your employer. And so, you know, you don't ever want to feel like you are indispensable. And so if you happen to be maybe someone working for yourself right now as an entrepreneur or a business owner, then this means you got to make sure that you're filling the needs of like whoever your audience is or your customer base is and making sure you're filling in those gaps so that you corner the market so that when everything go down, you still feel like the go-to source um, for what that need is. And so again, if you're working for someone else, you want to feel like people are like, okay, we might have to make cuts, but we cannot let Dr. Poole go. We cannot let Dr. Bell go. Like that is just not even a part of the equation. And part of that means being able to change your lens and see your career in a way that makes you understand how all parts of your role works, but also the people that you work with and understanding how they fit into the very nature um, of the company or business that you work for. So I thought that was like really critical tip. Um, the second tip was making sure that you leverage the power of your networks. We've talked about this a lot. We've talked about mentors. We've talked about building networks. We've talked about putting yourself out there. And so I thought this was interesting that this came up in specifically talking about um, recession-proofing your career as well. But we know the importance of networks. And so it is really important to like never stop connecting with other people, making sure you're building solid connections with those people because you want to always be able to have the possibility of reaching out to others when you need something um, or to be a reference, you know, in a in a job search, even though, you know, keep that to themselves when you reach out. But like while you're still in your roles or whatever and you're trying to see what's next, um, it's good to have a solid network so that you always feel like you have a source that you can tap into. So this should always be kind of a two-way street and just making sure that you provide both, you know, you and your connections with support. So it, it can't be that you're always the person that is the go-to um, to ask for something, making sure that you two are also, you know, able to be open um, to offering support to your colleagues as well. So that again, when your time comes around, they feel good about pointing you in the right direction of maybe a job posting or just offering you sort of guidance on how to, you know, tackle what might be happening in your workplace when it comes to cuts and changes and things like that. So just never forget the power of having a good network. 
And then the third tip um, that I want to share, and again, I want you to go look at the other ones because there's some more, but I thought these were critical for our conversation today. Make sure that you invest in yourself. So it's really important that if you are going to try to make yourself indispensable, like we talked about earlier, then you have to stay competitive. Um, and that's important. It's almost, it's really essential to the experience of trying to make sure that you maintain that place in your, um, your industry or in your company. And so right now, because of all of the things going on and most of us are having the opportunity to do a lot more things virtually, or we have, you know, conferences and things aren't happening in person. This is a time to almost like stack up on learning a new skill or getting that certification that you've been trying to like finish for the longest. I'm doing that right now, like working on just things that like typically we probably wouldn't have made time for, or we wouldn't have maybe had the resources to do because we were too busy doing like in-person things and having to buy plane tickets and get hotel rooms and those sort of things. And right now you can kind of really spend this just fully investing in yourself. And of course, everybody's been at home and inside for a long time. I get it, but we got like a month and a half left like of this year um and there's no guarantee of what 2021 is going to look like anyway so you might as well <laughs> put yourself in a position these covid numbers on the rise on the rise again yes. exactly so this is a perfect time to learn that new skill build up your skill set um you know and really just find a way to distinguish yourself in your field so that you know when we get to whatever our new sense of normal is or if you decide you know your company or your organization or your university is making changes that you aren't maybe um, interested in sticking around for, you have something to make yourself marketable automatically. And not that you already aren't doing that, but during this time when most people are just kind of stuck, um, it definitely is a good look to also show that, you know, you continue to work on improving yourself so that you become the standout candidate in the job search when that happens. So I just always believe in the idea of like being a lifelong learner is a great way to safeguard, you know, yourself in um, any field really, but particularly, you know, we talk a lot on here about the experience of working in higher ed, um, which is, you know, all about educating yourself anyway. It, it, it's a standout point for sure. Um, and sort of maintaining relevance to your university. If you can always look like you're, um, improving and by default, the university gets improved because of what you've taken upon yourself to do to better yourself. And so then again, that makes you indispensable. That's an appeal that your employer probably will recognize and understand as a value to them. Um, and so just making sure that we think about that. So of course, um, while nothing can really safeguard us 100% um, from the perils of a pandemic or a hurricane or just general changes in our economy, um, our practices prior to crises happening um, really play a critical part in managing like the stress of unexpected changes. And so, you know, we have a little less than two months left, like I said, in this crazy year. So this is the time to really gear up, get your career affairs in order. Think about what your career map should look like for those next two to three to five years and really starting to think about what you could be doing right now to help make those manifest. So, um Again, those are just a few tips, but I want us to have just a brief discussion and kind of talk about um, what we've done or things that we maybe are hoping to do so that this maybe feels a little bit more tangible for those of you thinking of like, oh man, I don't know how to, to do that so that you don't go into a panic about thinking that your career isn't recession proof right now. So, um, so Dr. Bell, share with us like some of the ways you feel like 
you have, you know, either strategized around recession proofing your career or expanding um, your reach as far as your career so that you have lots of opportunities and, and options? Well, um, I think we, when we initially started talking about this, I kind of, you know, shared what my mom has basically told me since I was a kid, and she still says it to this day. Um, you have to make sure that you have options. So, um, not even thinking about a recession at the time, I was very strate- strategic um, in the way that I chose what I wanted to get my degrees in and what, how I wanted to navigate that um, so that I would have multiple career options. So as you all know, right now, I'm a school counselor. I have an LPC, National Lead Board Certified. Um, I worked in higher ed and I have a PhD in higher ed and I teach in higher ed as well. Um, so there are multiple opportunities um, if, you know, I was to get laid off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in my current position. Um, so I was very, very strategic in grad school. So I made sure that, you know, I got that EDS certificate. Mm-hmm. So that I could do school counseling because I initially didn't go mm-hmm. um, into uh, my graduate program, you know, pursuing school counseling. But as I took certain courses, it really sparked my interest. Um, and even though I had already done, you know, in the field of counseling, you have to do practicum and internship. Even though I had already done that for clinical mental health, I went back and did it again mm-hmm. um, for school counseling so that I could be certified. Um, so then when I came to Houston and um, there there weren't many jobs in higher ed and there cert- certainly weren't many faculty positions, um, I had that to um, fall back on or to pursue and it was something that's still a passion, something that I still enjoy. Um, I know I was telling you, Dr. Poole, recently, um, because I'm a school counselor and because I, I am a professor as well, that takes up a lot. And I have a toddler. <laughs> that takes up a <laughs> lot of my time. So one thing that I really wanted to get back into um, for 2020 was um, doing um, therapy, private therapy. So... Um, I, you know, did whatever I needed to do to get on, you know, insurance panels and all of that, which is tedious, very tedious, as you well know, Dr. Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the forms and all the numbers and the IDs that you have to get and all of that, uh, because it's also a passion of mine. And I really, um, you know, wanted to, you know, start doing that again. So um, that is another way that... Um, I've kind of made myself recession proof is to um, begin to start utilizing my LPC, not just, I utilize it on a daily basis as, as a school counselor, but um, also from a clinician standpoint, being able to provide, you know, therapy outside of, you know, my school, my the four walls of my school, um, to adolescents, to young adults, to adults, um, and um, I've also um, kind of looked into uh, online teaching certifications too. So as we all know, like I don't know how 
how long, how much, you know, I don't know how long COVID is going to last, but um, to be able to be skilled in providing um, or online delivery of instruction is really important. And that's what a lot of institutions are looking for now. They're looking for people who are certified and people who have success in um, online instructional delivery. Um, so just just different venues, different certifications, um, doing things that I necessarily didn't have the time before. Not that I have all the time during this COVID season because, like I said, I have a toddler. He was at home with me from March till August. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and I was working and I was teaching, so I didn't have a ton of time. But I did realize that I didn't make myself recession proof. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being able to, you know, because I was able to, you know, thank God kind of set myself up and do kind of the front end work. Um, then I, you know, was able to, you know, meet some of those places where I had left off and kind of bridge the gap there to be able to uh, make sure that I'm skilled in, you know, each area. Um, that I'm passionate about. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think I felt like I took the same type of approach and really just making sure that, you know, and Dr. Bell put it perfectly. Like if you are a grad student right now, like this is a perfect time to actually start thinking about how you want to kind of lay a foundation for making your career recession proofs by, you know, taking that extra class that maybe you feel like, Oh, I I don't need to do that. I don't need that. Um, you never know where that skill can come in if it's an interest of yours. And I feel like kind of gets into our next question in a second, but like, if it's an interest of yours, like it's really important to kind of know what those are and discover some of those extra passions so that, you know, you can turn that into income. And, you know, I've done similar to Dr. Bell, like I have my clinical role, um, but I also have my private practice. Um, I adjunct instruct as well um, and have done a lot of like, contracted consulting um centered still around mental health and wellness and all of that and so i mean i try to do a lot of those or as many of them as i can and the irony really of this time it's actually almost been easier to do some of those because i don't have to fly anywhere like a lot of places are you know much more open now to doing them over zoom or microsoft teams or whatever just because of safety but also it's it's more convenient and even cheaper yes. for some of these like companies who want to hire you or hire somebody to come in and do something. Now you're coming in quote unquote, but you're really doing it over zoom. And so, um, that has been a great to get, you know, a little extra, um, like my students say ducats dropped in to your, that's uh, what they say now? yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know. Well, but, now, yeah. Not, not I mean, I still say coin, but I guess it's okay. we're at ducats. ducats. So, um, we put, in, <laughs> so, you know, you gotta have your extra ducats out there. And like, I think that that, that is important. So, um, I think Dr. Bell and I are similar and just making sure that we used every opportunity that came our way, whether it was through education or even now just through opportunities to try to make sure that, um, we always have options, um, like the other, like the other Dr. Bell says. So, um, that's just really, really important. Um, so, uh, next question is to think about, and I guess we kind of started getting into this, like mm-hmm. how can, you know, some of our Ebony's who are thinking about these new pathways, like how can they tap into 
you know, what their passions are or additional sources of income through those passions? Like, what are your thoughts on that? So, it's, I, I remember speaking with my sorrows and colleagues um, who was getting a PhD and she wants to teach. And I said, you need to go be a TA. Um, and that's something I did not do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a TA in my doc program. But my chair, who is amazing, as I always talk about, like she set me up. So when I was actually going through uh, my EDS program, she said, hey, um, I want you to be a co-instructor of this course. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> um, it was a course Dr. Poole and I took in um, for, they they had our um our cohort who was a year above us, um, they were TAs for the, were in co-instructors for this course as well. You know how mean they were, but whatever, we're not talking about that. <laughs> they were so mean to us, but she asked me to co-instruct that course and that gave me, um, teaching experience. Mm-hmm. I also taught when I was working in Harriet as a career counselor, my boss also let me teach one of her classes while she was on maternity leave. So those two instances, I was teaching um, basically the class by myself. Um, so that gave me, um, an opportunity to kind of get my feet wet, um, as far as teaching in higher education. So I always tell people, if you want to teach, ask to be a TA. Dr. Poole was a TA for Dr. Uh, Shonda Allen Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that that gave you, um, you know, uh, the skill mm-hmm. that you needed to be able to be an adjunct now. Um, and for our, our future, um, our future goal of being full of professors one day, um, but, <laughs> but why are you laughing? Yeah. One day. That's all. <laughs> That's how I was Yo, like, why do you do, like, if are, you want to be a statistician, you want to teach <laughs> stats. Stop acting like you don't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all she does oh, like man. that's so I'm mad you think that's that funny I she know. is y'all I didn't mean she to laugh like that hard the only she goes you're gonna be the the your program's like Dr. Abelnut that's um, what you're gonna be oh my you're gosh. gonna help people she's understand like a stats. genius oh I know gosh. you're gonna help people understand stats and actually like stats that's that's what you're gonna be okay alright I hear it I receive it there we go I want <laughs> So, so, um, I always tell, you know, students like figure out what you want to do and get the extra certification, Mm -hmm. um, figure out, you know, Hey, if there's any possibility that I might want to go into this direction while you're in school, like, and they're, you know, you're already paying for it. So do it. Let's just get it done. Like I didn't have to pay for my EDS because I was already getting my PhD. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be crazy, but that was I got an entire extra extra degree, and it led to the career that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of go the extra mile. If you, you know, are interested in administration, um, be a GA. Mm-hmm. Um, get that GA experience. That is huge for um, people who... Um, you know, are interested in working in certain departments, you know, on campus. Um, it gives you a lot of GA experience. 
um, it's very, very valuable. And I always tell my, my students currently, when they always complain about their GA ships, I'm like, no, y'all need to understand how valuable that is. Like, your GA ship is just as important as the degree you're getting because it's practical experience. Um, and you need to make sure that you seek a GA ship in what you want to do. So, Dr. Will, you can speak to that too because, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of led you or helped yeah. you navigate your career path. For sure. I mean, I definitely um, always, whenever I'm even just talking about my career journey with people, not even just recession proofing it, but like, you know, being a graduate assistant to start out and I didn't even know what I was doing in the beginning. <laughs> like, I just knew what I was passionate about and found a place for that. And um, so I initially started working in multicultural affairs just because it, I felt like it was reflective of who I was and and doing that on behalf of college students, which was just an interest area of mine, just felt like a good fit. So help me pay for school. I was learning a lot. I was learning the ins and outs of higher ed, even though I was in school for clinical mental health. So it just gave me a lot of different opportunities that under normal circumstances, um, I probably wouldn't have gotten. Um, it also helped me kind of like our tips we're talking about earlier. Like I built such a strong, just network of people, um, at, the university in general, so that as I started moving into different roles and even outside of that department, um, even to this day, I can pick up the phone and call somebody in res life or in campus life or at the health center um, because of my experience just in being a GA first and then becoming, you know, a pro staff that opened up just the opportunities to do that and really create a path for myself. So yes, I definitely agree like with becoming a GA um, or being a TA, like Dr. Bell explained um, earlier, like what that process can be like. Um, and I think also just being able to really understand, um, or I'll say have a vision for, you know, what are some of those like dream roles that you really want and, and like tapping into the passions around that. So, I mean, I know for myself, while I always kind of see myself working in a college setting, I do know that um, I have an openness now and a passion for sure in working with mental health and sports. And so knowing that, you know, it's really important that as I'm like we talked about earlier, building networks or things like that, um, I want to be able to make sure then that I'm talking with people who are working in some of those roles, even if I'm not ready to make a move yet. It's just knowing that I'm learning about what does it take to get there. And so because now that has become a passion of mine. And so um, what has been pretty cool about just putting that out there is as I've let people know that I'm interested in that, I've gotten opportunities to be able to sort of enter that space, which have led to some additional sources of income. Um, like I mentioned with consulting earlier, I have something I'm doing this week, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, that's outside of my sort of general setting as far as college students, but totally fits with what I'm doing with mental health and sport. And so I just think, you know, making sure that as you discover your new passions, you do what you need to do to learn about them, to really create um, opportunities to connect with the right people um, and really just figure out, you know, creative ways to get the experiences that you want or those certifications or, you know, meet the right person or all of the above um, to make it happen. Um, and so then lastly, Dr. Bell, what are you looking forward to most as you continue to advance your career in 2021, what is, you know, even though we don't know what it's going to look like, we don't have no idea. <laughs> we hope we all going to make it. But um, 
what what are you like most excited about or looking forward to thinking about, you know, expanding your career or advancing your career, even in the midst of so much uncertainty? Yeah. Um, I think just seeing things come to fruition mm-hmm. um, that I've been working, you know, towards and um, I don't know, just kind of the clarity I think that I've gained in, you know, Q4 and um, really, you know, doing some, some soul searching and, you know, pressing my way through this whole coronavirus slash election season slash just general folly that is going on um, in 2020. Um, just being able to um, see what I focused on come to pass. Um, and I do want to say back on the, the second question, you, you mentioned, um, you know, finding something that you're passionate about and kind of trying to align yourself. Something that I always used to tell students that I came in contact with um, in, in my role as a career counselor is to do some motivational interview and find someone that you admire and find someone whose um, job would be your dream job um, and try to, you know, network with them and talk to them and um, see if you can get an, an, a motivational interview with them to see, you know, how they got there. You know, I know some people who will be interested in doing what you're doing, Dr. Poole. So mm-hmm. um, finding someone that, you know, will be transparent with you, will be authentic and genuine with you about their past and their pitfalls and their mountaintops um, and their valleys and to, um, you know, kind of, you know, come alongside and, um, you know, give you really valuable information um, so that you can further do your research and further understand what it really takes to be successful in whatever um, position. I just wanted to say that because I didn't get a chance to say it. But mm-hmm. um, again, I'm looking forward to um, kind of seeing things come to fruition um, and pursuing um, things that are continuing to pursue things that maybe I didn't have time for. Maybe I kind of put on the back burner, but I think that you know, everybody talked about 2020 being this year of perfect vision, but I, I do think 2020 did provide a lot of clarity mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people and it helped us to focus on what matters most and it helped us to understand that life is short um, and that things that we bank on and things that uh, we took for granted mm-hmm. could easily be upended at a moment's notice. Um, so it's up to us to... Um, do the work we need to do to make our dreams come true. And, and it's okay to um, to pursue, um, you know, the things that you're interested in. And it's okay to cut the fluff out mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and to get in alignment, I think, um, you know, it is, is, is important. And that's what 2020 has shown us is that, um, you know, clarity and alignment are important. And like YOLO, like we only live once. Like, yeah, man. gotta make it happen. Yeah, I one hundred percent get one shot. Yeah, like Hamilton said, I'm not gonna, I'm not throwing away my shot. Mm-mm. Like I'm not throwing away my shot. So yeah, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, I think anything. You know, I always believe that anything worth 
having in your life is worth, you know, fighting for. But I also believe that things that you are called to, you don't have to fight super hard. Um, you have to allow yourself to be open. Like Dr. Bell have get clarity. Like those things matter because that's then how you, you then put yourself on the right path to be able to let you know, let fate and the the whole way in which things are supposed to happen for you come together naturally. You just don't need to have to fight for those things, even when crazy stuff like COVID is happening. And so, um, you know, as I think about things, you know, I'm looking forward to most is being able to build off of the clarity, the understanding, the openness that I've had to, in some ways, be pushed into, but was necessary. Um so that I can continue to see the value in the work that I currently do, but also tap yeah. into the ways that I haven't even realized yet. And right. so right. Um, I just hope that, you know, I will continue to follow like all these tips that we've shared today, tapping into yeah. my network, continuing to learn, to grow, always be a lifelong yeah. learner. Um, But also, you know, being able to know that in those moments where maybe I have uncertainty or I'm not sure, um, to still put myself out there. Um, and it's worth it because like Dr. Bell said, you might only get one shot. You never know. You never know what tomorrow holds. And so, um, I think just being able to make sure that I am doing what I've always done to try to advance my career, but being much more intentional about it because everything, you know, happens for a reason and everything happens in the way that it's supposed to. Um, and like my good friend, Dr. Bell always tells me about all the things when I'm stressed out is, you know, this idea that nothing just happens, but also that nothing is wasted. And so being able to recognize, you know, that even in a crazy year like 2020, these experiences that we've gained or the clarity that we've gained or the insight that we've gained um, is still useful to us um, no matter what. And so I think I'm just looking forward to building upon that. I do hope that 2021 is a little less stressful, but <laughs> but... Um, I think no matter what, you know, we'll, we'll all be ready because now we, we have a different level of value on what all of us do day to day, whether you're a student or professional an administrator or entrepreneur, um, we just see how fleeting all of this could be. So we just value it more. And I think that in itself is already a boost in advancing your career. So cheers to 2021. Pretty excited. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers. All right, folks. Well, we hope that was helpful tips for you all. Um, and again, check out the blog if you're interested in some more details um, or some more tips about ways to recession-proof your career. But we will take a quick pause right there and we will be back with our signature segments. Ebenezer, we are back with the second half of our show, um, and we are bringing to you our signature segments. And of course, we're going to start with Dr. Bell's favorite one last time for the season finale, Culture, Culture Corner. Corner. <laughs> I'm reformed, okay? Yes, delivered. I am reformed. 
form. <laughs> Delivered with a T, yes. With a T. Uh, <laughs> so this week for Culture Corner, of course, we could not not talk about um right. our fab new uh vice president of the United States of America, uh Kamala Harris. So excited about um, seeing her in this role and seeing how, you know, what she represents, I think for so many people has been pretty exciting to watch unfold. And I'm sure we'll continue to see more of that. Um, but I wanted to bring up an article I came across the other day, um, on Politico. And, um, I appreciated that, you know, just like I said, there's a lot of fanfare and excitement about it, but there's also a reality that sometimes we don't talk about when women of color in general get into roles, whether they're, it's as the first or, um, just, you know, a high profile role that, um, no one's ever had before or someone's had, but it's just the way in which 2020 again is set up. There's just so many, um, challenges that come with that. And so the article really kind of gave, broke down the details of like, what will it be like, um, for, VP Harris. I'm so excited to keep calling her that. Um, what, what types of things she'll face as a first? Because she's actually a lot of firsts. And so I want to share a couple of what those are, because a lot of people don't even recognize that. Um, but also then to talk a little bit just about, you know, what does that look like for all of us? So, so many firsts, like I said. So first woman, obviously first, you know, female vice president, first black vice president in general, male or female. Um, first black woman vice president, like we said, first South Asian American, first, um, South Asian American woman, first VP whose parents come from India and Jamaica, first VP who counts Prince and Bootsy and hip hop as, as, as far as, but I felt, I was like, President Obama probably could come for her a little bit on that one because he loves oh, like, you already know, you already know. <laughs> but that was when the article threw in for free. Um, first VP who's a stepmom, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, first VP who's a member of um a sorority, a black sorority, first HBCU Not grad. The right one, but it's all good. Kamala. Oh, the biases, Lord. Still love you. Still love you. <laughs> Kamala Harris. First HBCU grad. Um, uh, shout out to Howard University. Um, first vice president married to a man. It's, I was like, that's interesting. I never thought about that, but that is very true. Um, it's true. And so just recognizing that, like, you know, this long, long list, and we could probably go on. It's probably not even all of them, but all these claims to like first that she can be, um, and really probably more than any other like politician that's going to be sworn in at that level to have all of those first. Um, and so, so funny. The article mentions that. And I mean, it's true, but it made me chuckle. It's like, she's also the first vice president elect to do her victory lap to marriage, a marriage and Blige song. And so I was just kind of like, you know, for all intents and purposes, it similar to when president Obama, I think got elected, you already know you're ushering in a different type of administration, um, just right. by what she represents. And so, um, it's just been pretty cool to see people's reactions and, I don't know if people are a fan of the show Veep. I really love Veep. Um, Julia Lewis Dreyfus, who plays the vice president on that show, uh, tweeted out, Madam Vice President is no longer a fictional character. And so what the article goes into is just the details to remind us that like, even though she's like now inducted into this like super exclusive group and club, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people now watching her every move because of what that represents. And so, 
Um, it's really interesting to kind of just see that as she, you know, charters new territory, um, on her own behalf, but also on the behalf of many of us. Um, it's just going to be very interesting to see how that's going to like play a part. And so, um, while she travels down this road, I think it's going to be really important to like really think intentional about, you know, all the ways in which she will have, um, lots of influence, but also the support that she's going to need from, um, other women in general, women of color, and as well as men, um, to be able to make sure that the, the legacy that she literally has already chartered or started by her existence in these roles, um, that it's respected. And I think that that's kind of important. And so the article itself talks about, you know, all these different women, particularly women of color who have been first. So I definitely recommend it if you're unfamiliar with some of these folks in politics. Um, to really kind of check those out, but just recognizing that, you know, as those women, um, have charted this territory, that it's really interesting to sort of think about, um, what does that look like for all of us who have, in many different instances have been the first something, um, or who, you know, maybe we weren't the first, but still knowing that in the roles that we have, you know, we end up, whether we want to or not, representing, um, for more than just us. And so, um, I really liked that the article, you know, kind of, it didn't take off the rose colored glasses completely, but it adds a reality that, you know, while she, you know, is going to get in there and we know do a great job, they're not going to make it easy for her. Similar to, you know, when President Obama first got elected as well. And people have, you know, varying opinions about what they feel like he did great and what they feel like he didn't do great. And so I think just being able to recognize that um, is important. And so, you know, having, having a conversation about that, I think is essential. So, um, Dr. Bell, any thoughts on that as, you know, EP Harris gets ready to assume her role? Um, she gave, you know, a great, um, acceptance speech, uh, just about recognizing, you know, what, what it means to, to be her in that role and shout, you know, shout it out like black women, Asian women, white women, native women, Latina women. Um, and really just, you know, recognizing that we all, just by our existence have helped to pave the way for the people coming behind us. And I thought that that was really cool um, that she just recognized the moment for women in general, um, recognize around sacrifice and equality and liberty. And um, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. I, I just pray that, you know, she remains steadfast in who she is. Um, and she remains authentic and not that she wouldn't but that she doesn't allow negativity um and the pressure of politics um as a woman of color as a black woman as a uh, south asian indian woman Mm -hmm. i just pray that she um does not um that, that, that it doesn't change her or that it doesn't dim her. I know that it wouldn't, but, um, I remember watching Becoming mm-hmm. and Michelle Obama talked about how she endured so much scrutiny that, you know, for a season, she kind of stepped back and she didn't say as much when they were campaigning for President Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really kind of changed the way that, she spoke out and it changed the way she used her voice 
um, in that season. So um, I know those are two different roles. You know, a, a first lady and a vice president are two different roles, but um, I pray that she just has people around her that will continue to affirm her. Um, I pray that, you know, her, her, her esteem doesn't diminish um, and that, you know, she just is, is able to be everything that uh, she's capable of being. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, she is heard, that her voice is valued um, and that her agenda is accepted and that um, she's able to be, you know, who I'm sure her friends and loved ones and people who um, have encountered her know her to be. Mm -hmm. And that we'll be able to see that and that she'll be able to champion and that she won't be stifled by Congress and all of that folly. Um, but right. that she'll just be able to be who she is. Right. 100%. I agree. Um, that is my hope for her as well. And just being able to um, recognize, you know, that she she has done, you know, a ton already by right, assuming exactly. assuming this role. But I agree with you. I, my hope is that she can also get to experience the fulfillment of what she also hoped for when she right. decided to accept, you know, Joe Biden's offer to be. VP because people forgot at one point in time she called him on to the mat during she when did. she was still running yes, for president. Um, so I mean, it takes a lot to also then figure out where you can find common ground with someone who was, you know, once, um, an opponent. Um, and not that they didn't have a lot of similar ideas around what to do for the country. Um, but to recognize again, being in a, a secondary role, um, can make people assume that, you know, you don't have a voice and that you don't have an opinion. And my hope is that people will recognize that she very much so has one and that um, she'll get to just really fulfill what she dreamt of when she decided, you know, to go ahead and like accept that offer. And I'm, I'm just excited to see how, how it unfolds. And I, I've been really invigorated by seeing so many young yes. girls be so excited about it. Um, and I'm not like a huge crier, but I had some mist coming out of my eyes watching some of the videos that people, little girls have put posted yes. or their moms have posted of them on social media. Um, just watching, you know, this unfold as a moment in history, similar to, I mean, how I felt when President Obama won and that meant something to yes. me. This feels very much like that too. And, um, I'm excited for her. So agreed. I think this is going to be pretty cool to watch unfold, not just for, um, from a political standpoint, but for, like people say, for the culture. So, um, I'm excited about that. So our last time this season, highlighting our other favorite segment, um, Ebony's in the spotlight. I thought it would be pretty cool for us to do just very quick reflections of like what we feel about these last kind of two and a half years, pretty much from the time we like launched the podcast and, and did all this stuff. And Ebony and Ebony's and Ivory has been around now. This is our third year. And so, um, you know, it's been pretty, it's been, it's been a great experience. Um, but I thought because we always have been spotlighting individual people, um, and sometimes we've shouted out our own individual sort of highlights that we've had. 
Um, but we've never really shouted out the experience itself of even doing this. Cause I think Dr. Bell and I, I'm sure probably back in season one, talked a lot about why we started Ebony's in the Ivory. And if you've been on the website, you can see the whole story there too. But, um, I know I always get so much great feedback from people who have either come across Ebony's and Ebony's and Ivory or like have, you know, been a part of the, the mentorship program or just different things that they have really benefited from. And it's just been really cool to, to see that. So I thought it would be really cool for us to, you know, shout out ourselves a little bit, um, as far as being Ebony's and the Ivory before we wrap up this season. So Dr. Bell, do you have any just initial thoughts, reflections? Um, with my clients, I always use my three kind of like points of successes, regrets, or wishes that help to guide in thinking uh, or being really reflective about an experience. So you don't have to use those, but any thoughts that you have about, you know, this Ebony's and the Ivory experience as we spotlight ourselves? I I think this has been a wonderful experience. I'm so glad that we actually stepped out on faith and did it Mm -hmm. Um, because we both have a lot going on and progressively have had more going on since we started this. So Mm -hmm. um, I think our lives look very different in 2017 Mm -hmm. than they do now. Um, But I'm very glad that, you know, we were able to... um, put the pedal to the metal as they say and really you know do the things that you know we used to talk about when we were writing yeah you know can't wait to write what we want to write can't wait to talk about what we want to talk about i can't believe that you know certain things happened and um you know as we were navigating you know the journey and um we experienced what were what was first for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we had nobody to say, "Hey, you expect this? Like, you, you may be able to expect this to happen, or this is a possibility." Have you thought about this? Have you looked into this? So, I know our journey was basically trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, even though you know your your mom's educated, my parents are educated. Mm-hmm. Nobody can prepare you for that journey. Right. Um, we had friends who had graduated right before us, and they still could prepare us. We had mentors um, who, who were professors in, you know, in, in this space, and they still couldn't prepare us. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad that we were able to be, um, we are able to be transparent and to um, really give a wealth of knowledge for free um, yeah. <laughs> to, to women of color, um, you know, who, um, you know, maybe thinking about, uh, pursuing a doctorate who may not have anybody in their immediate circle or in their immediate network that they can talk to. Um, hopefully, you know, we've been able to give, you know, some good sound um, information and spark, um, you know, ideas and, and you know, spark um, kind of a light for people to say, you know, I, I can do this too. If they did it, I can do it. We're not mm-hmm. any special Mm-hmm. more special than anybody else um we just persisted so hopefully you know we've been able to um to shine a light into you know this process into what we always wanted to do was demystify this process and to champion women i think that's my favorite part is mm-hmm. you know 
you know, being able to spotlight women and uh, to see the things that women are doing, it inspires me. Um, and I know it inspires, you know, our tribe, our followers as well. As well. So that's definitely a success for me. Um, my regret is that we didn't get to do what we wanted to do this year because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we had some like, big things planned, planned, plan, plan, like, <laughs> yes, but we weren't able to do it. So hopefully, um, you know, we will be able to do it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, on another one of my successes, you mentioned the mentorship partner, my mentor that I was connected with. I said, Dr. Arles, she's hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, your mentee, uh, right? Men- I get my mentee. I'm sorry. I knew you meant. Leah, mm-hmm. Leah, girl, if you listening, um, <laughs> she better, me. she better um, be listening. You better be listening. Um, but she cracks me up, but, you know, she teaches me things as well. Um, so just being able to connect with somebody I may not have been, you know, previously able to connect with and just to, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a wealth of, um, you know, women of color that are engaged with our platform that I would know, um, unless, you know, we did, we didn't provide this space for the tribe. So, um, definitely, um, those are my successes and regrets. Mm -hmm. Um, my wishes that COVID goes away so we can (laughs) do what we need to do. Um, we can present at conferences again. I know. Remember how fun they used to be? Um, (laughs) I know. Be able to, we could like see each other. Yeah. Like in general, in have person? a planning meeting or something. Right, in, in person. person. <laughs> like, so, like, yeah, like in person. Um, just for like life to resume so that, you know, we can kind of get the ball rolling on some other things that, you know, we wanted to accomplish this year that we weren't necessarily able to in terms of, you know, face to face, um, you know, engagement. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm just, I'm glad that we did it and we continue to do it. And, you know, sometimes we can both be procrastinators. But, uh, yeah. but I mean, we, we, we're making it happen. Yeah, we're making it happen. It's definitely been, like, like you said, just a cool journey to, you know, go from, <laughs> I remember us sitting in the airport after presenting together and we were like so stumped we knew we wanted to do we wrote out all these ideas i i wish i'm i probably do somewhere still have like this little notebook that i was writing all this stuff in i'm sure i do i don't know where it's at but i got it somewhere um and like seeing this grow into what it has become and like even seeing the engagement we get on like social media and like um, that sort of thing has just been really, really cool to watch. Um, and so, I mean, I definitely think that's a success, just us taking an idea and manifesting it into something that is tangible and that, yeah, we would, when we probably should have been writing, we were sitting there dreaming, daydreaming already about what we were going to do when we were done and how we were going to try to help people who had never walked that journey for us, um, never walked that journey like us, um, and and help them to get through their journeys as they started to prepare for graduate school or life after you know and and so just to see that and to get the feedback that we do 
from, you know, so many people, so much positive feedback has been really cool. Um, I also feel like just being able to, um, like, I feel like the, the, I don't know, the feeling of being continuously inspired by something is unique. Like a lot of times you can start doing something and you just are kind of like, okay, I did it. And the passion for it changes. And so what I feel like is a success is that we've always continuously tried to figure out, well, how do we make more of an impact or how do we like guide, you know, um, our Ebony's on different paths and journeys. And that's how we have come up with so many different, I think, topics um, to talk about on this podcast and to blog about. And so, um, you know, I feel like that's a success in the sense that this this hasn't ever gotten old to me and it's definitely not something that ever feels stale, which is pretty cool. So um, I just think that says a lot too. Like today we were talking about just other ways to expand you know, your passions and and what that looks like. And we definitely, like we said, took an idea us sitting there with me writing as fast as my little fingers would take me while we were blurting out all this stuff. Um, And, you know, a year from that date, we launched this and it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, So, and it's still pretty cool. So that too is also a success as we kind of, again, get feedback and see the success stories of those people that have been both mentors and mentees in our programs. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm excited about what's ahead. Um, Regrets. I think I agree with Dr. Bell. Just, we didn't get to do stuff that we wanted to do um, in, in the sense that when we conceptualized it, we saw the world as it was in 2019 and not as, as it is in 2020. We just couldn't predict. We just couldn't predict. We didn't know. We didn't know. So we had some, just some very different plans um, but that things that we still will do, and maybe that's going into the wishes stuff that, you know, for sure we will still do. We are definitely still motivated around. Um, and even things that, again, we hadn't thought of yet. I just think that Ebony's and the Ivory is something that's dynamic and it's ever evolving. And, um, we want to know more from you guys what else you would love to see, but we definitely have, um, more to come. And so my wish is just that we keep growing. We keep expanding. We keep making sure that our ideas are fresh and, exciting for those of you who've been on this journey right along with us since the beginning, or even if you're a newcomer, um, that this is something that you want to keep as a part of your journey forever. Because while our focus is on, you know, empowering and inspiring women of color in their higher ed journey, no matter where that is, we know that that's a pretty long process. It's not just school. It's not just the first job hunt. It's not just of getting that first job is not just the tenure process. It's not just the, you know, it goes all the way till you retire. And even after then, you're still in Ebony. And so it's just being able to really um continue to make sure that we're giving you guys that for, you know, as long as we can and as long as it's relevant to you all. So um I'm appreciative of this journey. I appreciate my lovely co-founder um we've just had such a great time doing this and mm-hmm. just looking forward to more to come in 2021 i like that that was good introspection good good processing yeah like yeah so we've done all this for you guys so we're excited to keep keep doing it um mm-hmm. so so y'all that brings us to the end of season three. Crazy. Crazy. 33 episodes. 33 episodes in three seasons. That's wild. So, 
Um, we appreciate you guys so much for always tuning in. We appreciate you for your dedication, like we just said, to Ebony's in the Ivory in all form, whether you're a regular podcast listener or you prefer the blog or you just follow us on social media um, or all of the above. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, and like we said, we are super, super excited about some great new things ahead um, in 2021. So make sure that you don't go anywhere, but also take, you know, the month of December. We always take that month off to recoup, recharge, to plan. Um, that's why for these last few months, the episodes and the blog have been about making sure you use this time wisely to prep. Um, so just make sure you continue to be on the lookout, you know, for things that we're still going to post for, you know, Ebony's, um, EITI Tuesdays and that sort of thing. So continue to like, follow and subscribe. We're not going anywhere. Um, and make sure you also, if you have accomplishments during this time, you can still submit those too. Uh, we still want to hear about everything that you have going on, even if it's just that you wrap up this semester and this crazy calendar year, um, strong. We want to know that we want to know what you guys are up to so that when we get back, we can continue to shout out and appreciate and highlight you, um, as we continue to evolve ourselves. So we thank you. We appreciate you. And we hope that you have enjoyed this season. If you missed the episode, go back and catch them during the month of December. Go back and maybe start from the beginning and listen to some more. Uh, I can't even imagine what we probably sound like from back in the beginning when we were still trying to make sure we were even doing this right. <laughs> um, we probably need to go back and listen to some of those episodes, but. We appreciate you guys so much, and we're so excited to be wrapping up this season with you, and we're excited about what's ahead. So make sure you keep connected, and we will see you guys very, very soon. And you all, you know, God bless y'all. Have a wonderful end of 2020. Yes. Um, You know, we talked about making sure that we get that momentum going in Q4 now and get your platinum plans. I feel like we should, like... Do like a for the new year, like the platinum plan. Our own personal platinum plans. Yeah, but, I like it. Um, <laughs> I just decide, like you know, I wish you all prosperity, health, wealth, ducats, as the kids say. Yes, the students it. say. <laughs> I wish you all the ducats that your buckets can carry. Yes, um, <laughs> ducats and buckets. <laughs> ducats and buckets. Buckets and ducats. Um, but you know, we wish y'all all the best, um, and, and keep pushing and keep making it happen. Yeah, 100%. So we will see you guys soon before you know it, but we'll see you in 2021. We can't wait. Yay! See you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Y'all.